Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. This week, Dan and I sit down and we discuss a topic that's on the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now. A little bit late as it correlates with the holiday of July 4th here in the States, our Independence Day. But, um, you know, it got me thinking about freedom and how we interpret the idea of freedom, what freedom is and what it isn't. And I wanted to have this conversation with Dan. Uh, as, as you can tell in most of our conversations, Dan is a heavy hitter in philosophy. I love listening to some of his ideas about these concepts and ideas that we take for granted. So without further delay, let's dive in. Let's talk about freedom. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Dan, how are you? I'm here. I'm alive. I'm excited. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be with you. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Adrian, uh, again, you'll experience a, a void uh, without the voice of Adrian, our compadre in this in this podcast. He has a lot going on. TNG in general has a lot going on. And so there were some priorities uh, over having these conversations, which we totally understand and are cheering him on. Yes, absolutely. So, so oh, go ahead, Dan. No, go. So um, we're going to dive right into the topic. So you and I, uh, well, all three of us and a group of what 20 some odd other human beings had an incredible experience a couple of weeks ago called The Revenant. Yeah. Was it? It was last week, wasn't it? it, it uh, I think we're almost two weeks out now. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. This th- well, this Thursday will be two weeks. I got it. And um, my first time as a participant in the experience, uh, which was just unbelievable, life-changing um, in so many ways, it opened up so many opportunities for me. I think the biggest one for me is for me to be able to experience putting, giving myself to something at literally a hundred percent. And I don't know, Dan, if I've ever experienced that before in my life. Um, but I, you know, for myself, the experience of it was like, I disappeared, mm-hmm. which is something you talk a lot about actually in the revenant is, you know, giving yourself to something so meaningful to you that you actually disappear. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, the flow state, you know, we've all, I think it's the prized way of being in the world for human beings. At least that's, that's the stuff I've read about it. I know I feel like that, like after it's like having a good dream, you don't remember what happened, but you just have that lingering empowerment that like you're ready, you're ready to go, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we had a few conversations that just literally called me out of my seat, um, which is a cool experience. So anyway, Dan, thanks for facilitating that experience for me. That's, I mean, I'll never be the same. Oh man. Thank you. I, I can't, well, you know how much I love the work. I, I'm in it with you, and uh, I always learn a ton every time or relearn. Like, I love it when you go, I go, something happens, I go, oh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember that. I should remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, first week in November is the next one in LA. And yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm getting, by damn it, I'm getting as many people in that room as I possibly can. And we would, if you're listening to this, we would love to, for you to join us, you can go to wearerevenant.com. Registration for that one is open um, and uh, seats will go fast. So check that out. All right. So let's dive into the conversation. So I was telling you before we hit record, Dan, that 
this one is, so we're coming off of 4th of July weekend, uh, when we're recording this. And, um, I just was thinking so much about uh, a lot of the conversation that we had in the Revenant actually was around the idea of freedom. What is freedom? And so many people in the room were there to experience freedom, which is not an uncommon thing for people to be coming to the Revenant for, right? Yeah, it's uh, actually no people. That's what I think would be the number one afterwards when people say what I experienced, they say freedom coming in. I don't think they even think about it. Right. Um, right. But I, th I think it's a byproduct of the work that we do for sure. And, yeah. you know, when we talk about freedom, well, you know, that's a good one. I mean, there's a lot in that there's, it's quite a, it's a way of being in the world, right? It's uh, I love what um, Chuck Swindoll said. He said, uh, keep standing firm in your freedom. Stop seeking the favor of everyone. Start refusing to submit to bondage and continue being straightforward about the truth or mm. reality. Yeah. Mm. I thought that's a, that, that, that I have that uh, in a book of quotes. I have a bunch of quotes I like to look at once in a while. So you said, you just said freedom is a way of being in the world. And I want to, I want to come back to that. I just want to set the stage really quick. The sure. reason I wanted to, to discuss this topic on the Naked Leadership podcast is that my experience, and Dan, you can confirm or, or, or deny, but my experience working with leaders is most of them got into leadership. Most of them created companies and became founders because they wanted, they wanted to create freedom in their lives, freedom of unlimited income, freedom of time, freedom of expression, being able to put their thing out into the world. Um, so there's a lot of the clients that I have talk about this freedom. And actually the, what's interesting that happens with a lot of people is that they get into it for the freedom and end up letting the work own them <laughs> in a way without choice, or they have yeah. choice, but they don't choose to, to, to create it in a way that works for them. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to, to give the context of why I felt that this was a, a rife topic for the Naked Leadership podcast. They can see you looking up. What are you thinking about? Well, I mean, there's a lot. I, there's there, When you say freedom, <clears throat> there's two sides of freedom. There's freedom from and freedom to. Mm. And so, and when you say freedom, most people, I think, hear license rather than freedom. <clears throat> and, and I don't know that, but I, that's just my in, experience in the world is that when somebody hears freedom, it means I can do what I feel like doing. Yeah. Which is more, that's more what would be termed as license. I, I have license to do what I feel like doing. Mm -hmm. But in, in, in actuality, freedom is, uh, John Locke talks about it in a way that is, uh, he says, look, if you open the door to a cage that a bird's in, the bird is free. Now, what the bird does with the freedom you know, it's, it's liberty. Like it, it might just stand there. It may be used to its bars. And so it's, it doesn't act on it. It might and, like to stay near the, near to the food bowl. Exactly. And so its desires are anchoring it in the cage. And, and that, if you think about it, that's a great metaphor for what happens as, as people, right? Like, we want that experience of being able to follow the things that mean the most to us until it means some sort of death uh, along mm. the way, along the way. Right. Uh, 
but you know, there's like pre there's a lot there's a prerequisite to freedom. Freedom is a way of being, but it emerges out of a, a relationship. And I think you know the key is the, the you know we often call survival ego. You know the sense of yeah. I I, I hear them as um, sense of self. Yeah, like. I've got to take care of myself. I got to look good. I got to feel good. I got to be right. I want to be in control. And I'm so, I give myself so much license to do that, that it's easy to be enslaved by my desires. So when it's time to be wrong, for instance, I'm, I'll actually sacrifice or damage a relationship uh, because I want to be right mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, there's no really upside to freedom. Not in, the not in the ordinary sense of pleasure, fun, and benefits. You know, really, freedom introduces us to the natural order, you know, the realm of reality beyond what science can describe. It's, it's if you think about it, it's the capacity to decide, and that introduces us to the zone of inwardness and subjectivity, because we're the one deciding. That's why I think a lot of people will externalize it. Hey, what would you do? Right. Cause I yeah. feel, I feel the res the responsibility, the subjectivity of the choice. How uh, do I, how do I, yeah. How do I like, that's is right. the right. That's the question. How that's do the I question that comes from captivity? <laughs> yeah. And from, well, it's, I think it also is a, it's an expression of subjectivity. Oh my gosh. I, you know, there's only one single entity making the choice and that is the entity I call me. Mm. And the power to choose explains kind of the meaning of being a subject rather than an object, you know, a self rather than a thing. Help me understand this. Can you give, can you give an example or something to, to bring this down to earth? Yeah. So um, it explains ethics, the okay. nature, the nature of ethics you know, ethical choices, ethical, anytime you have an aim, I don't care what the aim is. The aim could be to destroy a whole race of people, but from that aim emerges a, an ethic, mm -hmm. something that's more important than something else. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it relates to worship, right? What you worship is what is at the higher, the, the top of your hierarchy of value, the things that mean the most to you. Like if you ever want to know what means, what if I want to know what means the most to me, I can look up and see what my choices are daily. If I say my grandchildren, my wife, my children are the most important thing besides, you know, in my experience, God in my life, then I will act accordingly. But if I, let's say I'm constantly vacating, abandoning, making stories for not, fulfilling my word to them, uh, then really what's more important is whatever's taking my attention, some desire that I allow to override my commitment to them mm -hmm. or to whatever I've said is most important to me. Yeah. Like if my team is most important to me, like if make, making a difference with my team and my the client or customer that we're serving is the highest order on the team, and then I, I do something else that is more of a survival need. It could be I, I don't account for something because I don't want to look bad. I don't want to come up against the possibility of losing the account, so I might lie. 
you know, cheat. You know, those are things that in, when they come up and they come up for all of us. Even stuff of omission, like not preparing for an offsite or something like that. Exactly. Not, not answering the call of the commitment in any yeah. way, shape or form Yeah, is an act of um, uh, license. I'm, I'm, I've made a promise and I'm now not willing to have the promise make me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, if, if I'm aware of that, subjectively, I'm aware of it because I feel uncomfortable. And, and if I want to just relieve the discomfort, I don't pay attention to the impact of the choice I'm making on the hierarchy of value that, you know, what I value most. Yeah. Yeah. The choice shows you what you value. That's right. And, and, but, and, but I can still have those emotions. In other words, I'm constantly, sure. temp- constantly tempted to, you know, do something other than have the difficult conversation with my general manager, because he doesn't seem to be showing up with the clients or a client gives feedback. I get a, you know, two or three comments or the clients make a point to say hey, this, your general manager, this, that, and the other thing. Well, that's a hard conversation because juxtaposed to their well-being is the fact that this general manager does a lot for me and how much do I want to risk losing him or, or her or alienating them in a way that starts to undermine the whole business. Yeah. So that, that, you know, it takes, so there's, that's what I mean. There's no real upside to freedom, not in the ordinary sense of pleasure, fun and benefits. Freedom's always attached to a commitment and a commitment's always attached to trans to a call to transform. I never know what it's going to take to fulfill a commitment. If somebody would have told me, what being married was like, I don't know if I would have got married, but right. now I'm, I'm, but I'm glad I did. You know, right. it's, it's huge. But if I would have seen that before I got into it, it would have, I would not have understood the huge benefit on the other side of it. That's right. You hear that from leaders all the time, or at least I hear that from leaders all the time. It's like, had I known what it was going to take to grow this thing, I'm not sure I would have done it, but they're also experiencing all of they're experiencing the other side of building this thing, right? And and they don't want to give that up either. Hello, my friends. This episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast is brought to you by The Revenant Process. I want to tell you about the next Revenant we have coming up. It's November 3rd through the 6th, 2022 in Los Angeles, California. Now, if you haven't heard us talk about The Revenant, there's a few things I want to point out about it. Really, The Revenant process is an opportunity to change your focus and renew your mind. Dan calls it a gym. And in that gym, it's a place to invent a future that inspires you, to stand confident in the face of disapproval or chaos, to exercise the courage to learn from conflict, to create new meaning in your relationships, to be a voice, not an echo. Now get this, there's over 50,000 Revenant graduates around the world. 97% of those graduates surveyed say that it it exists in the top three experiences of their lives. I'll echo that sentiment for myself personally. My Revenant process definitely stands within the top three or four experiences of my life. I cannot explain to you the clarity and excitement that I got by going through this process. So imagine what's possible for you. Think of a future that you want as it relates to yourself, your self-talk, your relationships with others in your career, and come to the Revenant process ready to make it happen. Again, the deets are November 3rd through the 6th, 2022 
in Los Angeles, California. If you want to register, you can go to wearerevenant.com, wearerevenant.com, or simply click on the link in the show description. You know, one of the quotes from The Revenant that I wrote down in my notebook, started, underlined it, boom, boom, boom. It was from you when you said, um, freedom is not make freedom is not doing whatever you want to do, but being committed to something or something like that, but, but acting yeah. in, out of commitment to something. Yeah. Freedom is not to do what you want to do. It's to do what you are called to do by your commitment or vision. Right on. Instead of commitments that define your vision. So I wanted to talk about that because I think so many people, even I uh, definitely, I fall into this trap sometimes is I believe that freedom is circumstantial right? Like oh, it's, yeah. a, a, it's a law that gives me freedom or it's an amount of money that gives me freedom or it's this or that. But I also know that to not be true, if you read a man's search for meaning, you'll, you'll understand that freedom does not come from any circumstance. Even though we assign it to it. I mean, it's, a, I think that's part of our biology that we naturally look to material to keep us alive. And so if we think we have so much, then we're going to be taken care of, you know, but mm. And the great danger in being free is the temptation to use the organization as an excuse to escape from freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, the denial of free will, choosing not to be a chooser, like you just said. The the responsibility. Yeah. Like, I don't want the circumstance made me do it. This person didn't treat me well. I they didn't tell me or whatever. You know, they said something to me that upset me. You know, it's like I've got to actually cultivate an aspect of conversation internally around inspiring myself toward what matters and when you get around people like that it's it's contagious you know i i think when i think of adrian and i have a couple of clients like that you i get inspired to become more than what i've you know than what i've I've expected of myself yeah and that's the benefit of of a team is that that lovingly we're we're and and powerfully calling each other to you know, what we think is impossible or we, you know, we're afraid might be impossible. Yeah. You know, you know, me, I'm always trying to use this podcast as like the, the gym for my coaching clients. So, uh, I have this client right now who, um, is, is in this tension of freedom. What is freedom and how is it experienced? And, um, I love that you talk about, what did you say? There's no benefit of freedom or there's, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no upside to freedom. No, no upside of freedom. I love that. So what he's the, the story that he's got right now in his own mind is that his CTO, he's a CEO tech, tech company. Yeah. And that his CTO is um, a hindrance to his freedom, right? If the CTO would just change, yeah, <laughs> then this, then this guy could be free. If my wife, if my wife would just change. That's right. That's right. So I wanted to just, I want to talk about this experience a little bit, or this, this, um, this is when I say some people believe freedom comes from circumstance. Um, but really the, you know, people changing, I'm not even sure what my question is, but I just wanted to play with this for a second. When, when we put our freedom based on somebody else changing, that's, we're putting it on something else other than our, you know, our choice. Yeah. I, it, well, that's right. You're, I, let's see if I understood what you said. You mean, say that again. I, I think I misunderstood that. 
like when we put our, when we put our freedom, when we hand over our freedom to somebody else and their willingness to change, we give up our free. I mean, like, it's just like, it's counterintuitive to the idea of freedom. And what case, give me an example like that. Just what I'm talking about with my client and his CTO. He wants his CTO to change, not be as needy, not be as, you know, blah, 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 whatever the things are. Um, but as if, if that guy would just change then I could truly be free in my company, I could feel the freedom that I, that I built this company for. Okay, great. So that, what that triggered to me, and I just want to make sure I was on it correctly is that I could actually use the organization as a practice field for exercising my freedom. So like in spite of where people are, or given this is where my CTO is, what, what is my commitment calling me to be now with them and in this situation versus how can I make myself more comfortable around my CTO because they're not living up to what I expect them to be. And, and, and that, that's a challenge, man. That's like, because <laughs> like then all the conversations come in, well, why the hell did I hire him? What am I yeah. paying him for? I'm not here to babysit him. All those things come up. But really what that's about is, the unwillingness to be broken because whether you're going to let them go or not, how are you going to let them go? Do is letting them go really the best thing to do. What's it going to take to get them up to it? If you're not going to get them up to it, why would you keep them? You know, except that you're, you're now going to turn them into a tools so you don't have to suffer. Rather that's than right. Say, you know, it's like, what, how are you going to stand with this person in a way that's going to be, it's going to benefit them and the organization at the same time. How do you get, what is that? And am I willing to spend the time to think about it? Because if I'm not, it's going to cost me a lot more time and energy to correct the problem that's going to come as a result of my avoidance. That's right. I mean, I don't think that's what I think, you know, that's another act of freedom is the willingness to look into the future and say, what is this going to cause me? What I'm choosing now, what's it going to cost me in the long run and am mm. I am I willing to pay that? And is that a price that's worthy of what it'll bring, or is the price, even though it might be higher, more beneficial for the organization and myself and this individual by handling it now, even though it's very uncomfortable? I can't. I don't want to make a rule there because you got to really look up and and evaluate given the context of what you're doing. But that requires freedom to yes. like freedom to unplug long enough to do it freedom to know how to construct the narrative maybe with other team members to look at these things you know to kind of have those conversations there's a lot of there's a lot of if you think about it freedom is thinking about what you're up to in a way that's not dependent on what you're up to mm. like you're not you're not you know you're not your thoughts aren't because you know, you're not, you're not becoming something because the circumstance is a certain way. Like I'm in reaction to, I, I actually want to become something based on the future. I want this circumstance to serve. Yes. How do I have this circumstance serve what I'm committed to with this person or these people in this industry or whatever I'm up to? The, the tie, that's what I think was so brilliant about what you said, that quote about commitment, because and what you're committed to, because it's the commitment is so crucial to freedom. Like you can't, you really actually can't have freedom without some commitment. Yeah. The, you, you, what you're going to have is probably a lot of survival, right? You're yeah. Just, 
you're going to be tossed around by your fears and of looking good. You know, I'm not, I might look bad. I might not be accepted. You know, I might do this wrong. I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm out of control. How do I, you know, though, then I become a reaction. I'm just reacting to my own interpretations and my, my biological reactions to them. I mean, I think that's why self-awareness is so powerful because I come to, I come to know my subjectivity. I come, I get acquainted with how my body and emotions react to things I'm afraid I'm going to fail at. And that becomes, it can be a very powerful ally to have me stop and then look up and actually make a new choice, like exercise my ability to transcend those reactions, listen to them and test and see what they're saying to me in relationship to what I ultimately want. And that, yeah, in relationship to the commitment. Yeah. That, Otherwise, there's no measurement. Yeah, there's no there's no way to tell. You know, like the, the, if the commitment comes about, if you order chaos and you release the beauty you're aiming at, well, hell, then you know you've been free because those things, what we're aiming at, don't doesn't generally happen on its own, unless mm -hmm. of course, unless of course, we're just going to live the life that says, "I'll take whatever you give me." Yeah, that, that resignation. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So that commitment is so crucial, even just to evaluate whether or not you're experiencing freedom or you're choosing freedom or choosing captivity yeah. because, and it also like the freedom aspect for me illuminates or, or helps me see what I'm actually committed to. Yeah. I, yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. To see where you are in relationship to what you're committed to for sure. Right. Cause if I have somebody on my team, if I'm, if I say that I'm committed to the people on my team, but they look like obstacles to my freedom. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> That's usually a sign that I'm lying about something and I don't want to talk about it. Right. You've, you have a broken commitment. Yeah. I've got some, like I mean, if I'm in a constant complaint about you or, you know, Adrian or Eileen or, you know, Bethany or anybody on the team, there's something that needs to be a conversation that wants to happen that I'm avoiding, right? Like, mm -hmm. when, I mean, I mean, when you work with your clients, what, how, to me, I mean, how do you say, oh, there's something there? What do you mm. listen? What do you listen for? The complaining. Yeah, I mean, you listen for where the resistance is. Yeah. Where, where? What's I'm, not working? Yeah. How I'm external. Like, if it's not working, then how I externalize the next step. Like, oh, when yeah. the when the circumstances. All right, then I'll commit to this. I, mm -hmm. I love that. I love this. When somebody said to me, I'll never forget this. Uh, just recently, so they said, you know, Yana let me come to the Yana. Yana scholarship me to the the uh, the Intrepid, the Academy for uh, Effective Leadership. Effective Leadership. And I said, well, why? He says, well, because you know, first off, the price could scare a lot of young people like me away, and two. Two, uh, I will become a consultant for you. And I said, well, not like that, you won't. <laughs> I mean, if the, you know, it's like sitting in front of a stove saying, give me heat and I'll give you wood. Yeah. It's the opposite relationship. It's like, you know, his point was, do you believe me? I go, yeah, I believe in you enough to know that you have the power to generate what you need to get there. But more importantly, thereafter and even before generate 
the kind of revenue that you can pay for this and justify it. I know yes. that because so many people have. Yes. And if, if I get off of that, if I don't hold that, well, how are you going to be with your clients? Are you going to be constantly looking, give them a break about anything when they're hiring you to stand or champion, to fiercely champion them, advocate for them, for their commitment. Like you become the voice and the reason of their mm -hmm. commitment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the undermining of that is very subtle. It happens at a very subtle level. Yeah. So maybe uh, we can end this conversation around this topic. If So if freedom is not circumstantial. You said you began the conversation by freedom is a way of being in the world. Right. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I think I've said this a number of times, but a human being with a vision is never held hostage by a circumstance. Like mm -hmm. if you if you think about it, what's embodied in us? We are what's embodied is survival. We are born with a programming to keep this suit alive. And anything, including close loved ones, teammates, if it looks like what they're calling us into is a danger at some level, sociologically, you know, phenomenologically, philosophically. So, you know, like that, we will tend to, what's embodied in us will cause us to pull back from what we're committed to. Mm. So the idea is to embody something that is to get it embodied into me that matters so much to me that it, there's a dissonance when my, when my survival starts to pull me away from it. Like I feel it in my body. I'm disturbed. And rather than wanting to reduce that dissonance, the, the practice is to listen to the dissonance, to let it call, like, what's it calling me to? What's it, how's it talking to me, right? And, and what do I need to hear that I'm not listening to? My, there's a warning going off, but I think the first key in the, in, that brings freedom about is embodying something that's so important that you're willing to challenge your own survival. Mm -hmm. and, and you want to become aware because it serves that greater purpose. Something bigger than you, something yeah. bigger than your own survival. The team, the clients, the customers. Yes. Like, yeah. like it's a worthy thing for me to take myself on for. Yes. Dan, you know what I was thinking about when you were saying that is that, and this is something we've talked a little bit about, maybe in a different context on this podcast, but freedom is dangerous. It's <laughs> freedom is dangerous. We want to, so many, I think I'll, I'll speak for myself. So many times when I'm asleep, I will think not actually asleep when I'm, you know, mentally asleep, not thinking, not thoughtful about my own freedom and the choices that I'm making. I think that to be free is to be comfortable is to be protected is to be safe yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just noticed. I'm not just noticing, but I, it, that what's bring coming out of this conversation for me is that freedom is not safe. In fact, it's the opposite of safety. You think about the bird in the cage, right? But, it stays in the cage when the doors open because it wants to feel comfortable and safe. It's got a perch. It's got food. It's got water. And the way to think about this is marriage where mar marriage is unsafe. Marriage is yes. dangerous. It's dangerous yes. because the other person that you've invested your life in could at any moment choose to go in any direction. We know that they're a human being and, and we and have to, and we keep trying to make it safe. And the very, like I try to make it safe by restricting my spouse from doing certain things or like, like the chance that they're going to do something that ultimately would take their affections from me. 
is is a fear. So I'm either going to play not to lose the that oh, those affections, good, or I'm going to play to win, like by loving them so much that that love, what no matter what they do, dismisses the fear. That that's mm. and that's not something you see at the beginning. That's something you see deep into the relationship. That the love for the other person actually dismisses the fear of their leaving because even when they leave, you can still love them. You, the love isn't mm. taken from you, right? What's taken from me is what I get from them, which I do enjoy, but is there, do I, can I learn to love them more, even more than what I get from them? It doesn't mean I shouldn't get anything from them. It just means I have something that transcends what I, my needs being met, my enjoyments, my, my, yes. you know, all that stuff. Yes. And for those of you listening, if you're not drawing a direct line between what Dan just talked about in marriage and your leadership team. Oh yeah. I mean, well, that's, we just had a discussion like that, didn't we? Come on. Right. Sure. Like who's, who's going to sit at your table. And if they're sitting there, I don't have to like them. I just want to respect them. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to know that who I'm standing with is all in all in. And, and, there are plenty of signs. Like it's hard to look at somebody who's really talented and say, no, you're not the one I'll take somebody even with a little less talent, but I guess I'm, you know, going to be a team player, going to stand, going to contribute to yep. the organization. And and that, that doesn't, that takes, that takes some character and you got to be damn clear what you listen for. Yeah. And you got to be able to articulate it back to them. So yeah. They, under, they understand what the choice, where the choice is coming from. It could benefit them if if they're going to not be there. It benefits them going forward. At least gives them something to think about, and then they understand the basis of your choice. You're not just, you know, it's not a personality issue. That's right. I want to. I just want to repeat what you said in the context of marriage because I think it's so clear to me in the in the context of leadership teams as well. Is that those on your leadership team? If you're trying to control them in a way to preserve your own safety, your comforts, they're never going to leave, yada, yada, yada. I mean, you are giving up your own freedom. Yeah. Like how, how if they are leaving, hell, I want to be a contribution to where they're going. That's how about right. that one? Right. Like, yeah. I, like we, we've been through that walk together. Like if yep. this is best for you and I see that it is, then, hey man, I'm behind you. Mm-hmm. And if it's straight up, then, you know, if you come back around right on, how's this fit? I get it. You know, because yep. I'm in touch with your vision. Uh, that that's a big deal. That's and knowing that about your people makes it really does eliminate a lot of the kabuki theater that goes on around employment and development and and people accelerating themselves through the organization. Yeah, yeah. Even I even think oh, this is totally different conversation. This is like leading me down this, but I even think about like. All the benefits, specifically the tech industry, what they're trying to do with all the benefits, the PT, the unlimited PTO, the yeah. the games in the office, the, all of that, all of that stuff is often to protect them, to feel safe that their people will stay rather than just being connected with their people, creating real freedom in their organization. Getting people connected to the vision, get excited about like mm-hmm. the engineers I've worked with, I've enjoyed working with because they're committed to something. They want to leave a mark. Yeah. And that's what's driving them. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway, this is great. All right. Loved it. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. Always enjoy talking. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.
Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye everybody. Thank you.